Welcome back, guys. It's Anne-Marie and Dr. Jamie. Hello, hello. We're back. It's four degrees in New York. It's four degrees. It's a full moon. And apparently, it's everything goes to shit when that happens. So we may be in one of those moods where we just rant about nothing. <laughs> or maybe not. Let's see. What are we talking about today? Well, so you know how I love um, to be influenced by social media? I was I mean, watching. that's why we're here. Yeah, right. Isn't that how we got here? There is um, this girl was um, doing all this testing the other day. Um, and I was fascinated by everything that was happening. Yet I had no idea what the purpose of it was. So I was like, wait, is this one of these things that like people post to then other people that are not famous or social influencers go and pay for it, but doesn't really do anything for you? It was one of those moments. And then I know yeah. there are some like really amazing, beautiful, like, um places like the viva mayor and like austria that really do like you know i guess you go there when you're not feeling great and they help you like heal etc anyways long story short is one thing really caught my attention and i screensaved it and i sent it to dr jamie and i was like what is this healthy body composition and then it had like this diagram of like at the top it was like muscle tissue Then it was essential fat, then non-essential fat. And by the way, just FYI, I think there should be non-essential fat anywhere, but that's a different topic. I'm like, wait, why do you need non-essential fat? If it's not essential, get the fuck out. Oh, and you then, want some of that, believe you me. And then there's bone and then it said others. And then I was like, literally, I stared at this thing before I sent it to her because I was like, oh, she might respond like, where are you looking? What are you doing? And where are you going? <laughs> And then she was like, oh my God, this is an amazing, interesting topic. What do you want to know about it? And I go, everything, because I actually know nothing. Like, right. zero, except like, you know, when people used to say like, oh, you work out and like your body fat and your muscle, you have this. But that's the extent of my knowledge when it comes to this particularly particular body composition thing. Like, what's a healthy body composition? So, All right, let's jump right in. So um, the... Body composition, by definition, is pretty basic and straightforward. It's what makes up the composition of your body. And what we know is that there's dry mass, there's lean mass, there's water. You can break all of those down. You can break it down to fat and muscle. You can break it down to bone, uh, skeletal mass. You can break it down to intracellular and extracellular water, which is water inside the cell versus water outside the cell, right? Whoa. So that talks about things like swelling versus hydration. Um, we can break it down to really super finite visceral fat versus non. Um, and so when your organs and all those things, you can really with different uh, measures, whether it's x-ray measures or whether it's impedance analysis, there's so many ways that we can look at the actual composition of somebody's body. So how is it done? Well, there's, I'm gonna sum this up to four different ways for the sake of this call. Um, Let's really dumb, let's dumb it down. Yeah, <laughs> like a like DEXA a scan, right? And this is one of those scans that uses imaging. That's how we get our bone density. So people who are aging and want to know about osteoporosis and osteopenia, they go and they get a DEXA scan. But a DEXA scan also has the capability to let us know um, how much fat is on our body, how much water is in, in the cell and out of the cell, how much muscle mass we have, how much bone density we have. So a DEXA scan is considered one of the gold standards of looking at body composition because it's one of the ways that we can really assess for all the different things that make up our body and our total weight, if you will. 
Another one, and a DEXA scan is, uh, it's done in a radiology department. It's not something you're going to find. I like, had in- that done, like, remember previous to me and you starting to work, I did a bone density scan. Mm-hmm. So that's Yeah, usually like you go to a center. Like- yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, different clinics and things will have DEXA scans, but it's a huge machine. You're not going to find it in like your gym or like yeah. your, you know, the spa where you get a massage from. I'm sure you need like a radiologist to do it. Well, though, yeah, you need it to be administered. You need the right people. And a lot of times for things like surveillance of osteoporosis and osteopenia, a DEXA scan will get covered by insurance. And then there's times where people go in and pay for a DEXA scan. And it's actually not absorbently expensive. I'm not going to quote a price here because I'm sure in, you know, the heart of LA, yeah. it's very different than it would be in like Connecticut for somebody, but yeah. um, it's not thousands of dollars. We'll say that. Um, and then another uh, assay for measuring body composition is called hydrostatic weighing, or this is underwater weighing. This is in studies said to be more accurate than any of the other measures. However, it's hard to get it done correctly. You really do have to get all of the air out of the lungs. The person has to be willing to be submerged underwater. Um, There's a lot of room for error, but if it's done correctly, this is one of the ones that they believe has the most specificity, right? But but, Why would somebody go to that lens to go to that test? What would they be looking for? What could it help? Well, it's used a lot in research. Okay. It's used a lot in research. I'd say professional sports would sometimes use this as well. Athletes, yeah. Um, Certain, I would say mostly research. But to be honest, um, in my 17 years of practice, I've maybe, maybe had one person come to me with hydrostatic weighing. Like it's just not, it's people just don't do it as much as they would do either a DEXA and or an impedance. An impedance is the conductivity, so it's using electrodes to go from either head, uh, hands, feet, or some of them are just hands, feet, Um, and what the the speed at which the conduction happens lets the machine know what kind of tissue it's going through, right? So the electrode will travel at a different rate through water than it will through fat, than it will through bone, than it will through tendon. And so the using an impedance analysis, we're able to see the composition of the body like fats, muscles, etc. That's arguably the most common and the most available. And that's because that's essentially a scale. Now, even those like Hometics ones where like you stand on and it's metal on your feet and then they'll give you these like little things to hold in your hand. Sometimes they don't even give you something to hold in your hand. There's just like a scale that when you stand on it barefoot, it'll give you your body fat. Now those are highly inaccurate as far as total composition of the body. However, what they can be used for is to pay attention to if your specific body is changing, right? So if it says that you had like 20% body fat that might not be accurate, but the 20% as a number is at least going to be consistent in if it's like changing in the direction. Correct. Yeah. So an impedance is the most common. An impedance is the one that is the most accessible. You'll see that in spas. You'll see that in gyms. You'll see that all over the place in doctor's offices, especially these days in what we call concierge medicine, where you might pay to have like a subscription to a doctor that you get like wellness tests from. So those are, impedance is the most popular. And then there is the oldest, well, there's others, but again, I'm dumbing it down to the four. The old school way of looking at this, which was like calibers that would like pinch your skin to see how much fat you had. If anybody's doing a caliber on you, like it's time to find somebody new. Like that is <laughs> archaic and like, it's just- Are you talking like, about the little thing that you- Yes, skin, skin grabbers. Yes. yes. 
<laughs> like oh my worst. god, I had that done like 20 years ago in New York at a gym. And yes, and every now and then someone will come in and they'll be like, oh, I had my like skin caliber. And I'm like, okay, well, fire your trainer. Um, and don't ever do that again because we don't need somebody to pinch the fat on the back of your arm to give an estimate of how much body fat you have. It's so inaccurate. But nonetheless, it's one of the ones that we're talking about. So um, these are the most common ways that people would get body fat done. So, or body composition, which is also known as body fat. So let's talk about that for a second. Why would someone care what their body fat? Oh my God, I was just going to say to you, does a healthy person go check this out? Or is this something that like people are like trying to find something and they're like, oh, let's use this to eliminate that, you know? Well, have you ever heard the term skinny fat? Uh, So often. Yeah. (laughs) Here's where it's it's born from, right? Your total body weight doesn't necessarily tell us how strong, lean, healthy, or how much body fat you have. I wonder if you're so, thinking skinny fat, it's the same thing, I think, skinny fat. <laughs> so skinny fat is really, I mean, we're using like not nice terms that are popular in media. This is- We didn't come up co- with them. Yeah. Right. This is not me co-signing this for everybody out there. Um, but skinny fat is the idea of somebody who appears thin or skinny but they don't have any muscle tone. And when you take a look at their composition, they they do accumulate more fat. They just don't, they don't have mass to them, but their muscle fat ratio is in the favor of having a lot more body fat than it is muscle mass. Yeah. This is someone who tends to be very skinny and doesn't carry a lot of excess weight, but has no muscle tone. Yeah. Well, that's basically like I used to say, oh, it's like, you look skinny in clothes you take your clothes off and then you're so on like not toned like your butt is saggy your arms are soft like yeah there's no toneness that's either somebody that and i mean personally i never thought that was somebody that was healthy or unhealthy i just thought it was somebody that didn't have muscle and it is important you just brought up a really good point we need to not judge people on healthy or unhealthy yeah. based on the way that they look, right? Like you just brought that up. That's a huge part of this is like, we, and we all do it. Like, let's be honest. We all have some implicit bias about the way things look and we're working really hard to overcome it. And it's an old ingrained way. And, you know, the eighties that, you know, they would say like certain ways that people looked were more unhealthy. Like, Sure, if somebody's pushing 350 pounds and there's some morbid obesity, like we can call that greater health risk. But like at the end of the day, somebody who has more muscle or is leaner or is thinner is not in any way necessarily healthier than somebody who has less muscle tone. So sort of PSA disclaimer there, which I think glad you brought up. But so why does somebody want to know their, their body fat percentages? Well, a big reason is because the fitness market and the world of of health and wellness that is now paying attention to fitness has exploded over the past 10 years right people used to do like jazzercise and jane fonda just to to try and lose weight but like you'd never see people picking up weights now you can't go anywhere without some sort of bar pilates crossfit weight classic even just sort of everyday people are now athletes in a sense. And when you're all of a sudden working really hard to change the way you feel and to change the way you look, it can be really helpful to understand what in your body is changing, right? So let's say, Amory, that you weighed, you know, a hundred and X pounds and you started on a fitness journey 
and you felt like your body was changing. You felt like you started to look really great. You started to feel stronger and leaner and things were happening for you. But when you got on the scale, it didn't necessarily change that much. The old conditioned way for you would be like, well, you know, if you were trying to lose weight, like why isn't the scale budging? But a lot of times what we pay attention to is, well, when your body is changing and you're getting leaner and you're losing fat mass and gaining muscle mass, you might not see the number on the scale change as much as you might see the number of muscle to fat ratio change. And that's fantastic, right? That's that's basically saying that your body is losing fat and gaining muscle, which is increasing your metabolic rate, which is improving your health outcomes, yeah. which is making you fitter. Yeah. Well, I think in my case, when I work out hard with weights, my weight always goes up, even though I look leaner. I guess. Exactly. So which I learned not to, obviously, thanks to you. I don't care about the number. I can't remember the last time I looked at, I don't even know where the scale is in my house. I threw it away. Right. And, but you're also somebody who's, um, who ha naturally has a lower weight than some. And so imagine for somebody who maybe carries around excess weight, knowing that they're working that hard and that it's changing in the right direction for them might be even that much more important. Right. hundred oh, percent. That must so, be like an amazing, like feeling like, oh, wait, I did something right. Yeah. And yeah. And so I, I say to a lot of my, my clients and more so, um, not more so, not necessarily more women than men, because men very much look at body composition, but often for different reasons. Um, I will say, you know, instead of worrying about what your body weight is on the scale, why don't we try and see if we can change your muscle and your, you know, 49 pounds of muscle into 50 pounds of muscle. Um, another thing that we can look at is the types of fat, right? So there's, there's visceral fat and then there's not, or if you, like the, the picture that you looked at, it was like necessary fat. Yeah. And then I think it was what unnecessary. Oh, what was the other one? I, I don't remember the word that they used, but like you need fat on your body fat and essential fat. That's what it was. It was the, the same. So like you need fat on your body. It is part of how we keep warm. It's regulating body temperature. Like a woman does not have breasts if she does not have fat tissue, right? Like right. Yes. your, your breasts are not made of muscle. And so there's essential fats that are part of our, our structure of our body that are required for us to regulate our body temperature. And, and they're just part of our makeup. That would be an essential fat. A non-essential or whatever the words that people will use for it um, are fats that we accumulate through excess body weight, right? So even the most perfect specimen of a body, if there's such thing to exist, is still going to have body fat. A woman who does not have enough body fat is not going to get her period, is not going to be able to maintain her body temperature and her hormone regulation in the way that she should. We often see women who get their body fat too low, they, they struggle with fertility issues. Um, a lot of people who get their body fat too low struggle with injuries. They're more prone to injuries because they don't have. What's, is there such a thing as like a percentage of not, I'm not talking weight. What's like a good percentage for a woman, let's just say in your forties, is there such a thing like, oh, in your forties, you have 20% of fat. Mm -hmm. In yeah. your twenties, you have 40%. Does it change as you get older? And not this, the percentages only slightly change. So, um, for example, um, 
as you age, whatever, whatever assay that you're using would adjust for age and height, right? So that would, that would give you the right range. Um, but anybody who would come in, come in with, let's say 48 or 50% body fat, it doesn't matter if you are a hundred pounds or if you're 300 pounds, 48 or 50% of your body from body fat is not healthy, right? Your your body should not be made up of that much body fat. Now, somebody who would come in at 6% or 7% body fat is also not healthy. That's too low. And that person doesn't have enough body fat. So there is a range. Of course, we look at those ranges differently for athletes versus non-athletes and women versus men. So men can have a lower body fat and it is healthier, whereas women actually need more body fat for it to be healthy. Um, And so we want to think about it from that perspective. Now, what is normal? Well, I'm I'm hesitant to give you guys all an exact number, but you don't want, like a woman who's going to get into a body fat percentage of 20 to 30% is going to find herself in a space that's normal. 30 may be a little bit higher. You're going to hate this question, but I got to do it because everybody's thinking about it and that's my job. Let's just say an average person that weighs from 125 to 130 pounds, what's your percentage? A healthy percentage would be around between 20 and 27% body fat, 28%. Okay. So, and then does it matter your height? Well, the percent changes to your height, right? So your height and weight are what make the percent. So you're, you're only going to get a percent based off of your height and your weight. So if you and I weighed exactly, exactly the same thing on a scale, our percentages would be very different because you're considerably taller than I am. Got it. Okay. So that's why the pounds on the scale doesn't, doesn't reflect yeah, it's, it entirely. It's like irrelevant. Yeah. So when I'm working with people, I will often have them do something called an in-body, which is a scale... Uh, that measures body fat. And it's because I want them to be able to see, first of all, you know, how much of their body is made up of water. People don't realize that like 98% of our body is made up of water. Um, and I want them to see how much of that is inside the cell versus outside the cell. Is it in healthy balance? Are they, are they retaining water and swelling outside the cell and therefore we're having issues with water? Um, or do they have a good amount of water? So when that's so, okay this may have nothing to do with it, but let's talk about the lymphatic system for a minute. So when you have Mm -hmm. a lymphatic massage Mm -hmm. and you get this immediate like result, which we've talked Mm -hmm. about, it's, it's very temporary. It doesn't last (laughs) because it reduces inflammation and you get rid of all this fluid. Where does that fall with somebody that has like, trying to see how to ask the question. If you have like a healthy fat composition, does that help the way your lymphatic system work? Um, did I, I? Yeah, you asked the question and I'm going to say that it, it really probably wouldn't make too much of a difference. Like if I got on a body composition scale this morning, went for a lymphatic massage this afternoon and got back on the body composition scale tomorrow morning, I'm not going to see that much of a change in the percent body fat versus the 
uh, skeletal muscle. What you might see a slight change in is like your water ratios of intracellular, extracellular, but maybe not even that much because what that, with the lymphatic massage, first of all, the lymphatic system is a little bit different, um, but really what that's doing is that's circulating things. It's not necessarily changing the amount of water in the body, but it's circulating and pushing them into different places. But I, well, I guess my, let me see if I rephrase. So my question, I guess, was more like, if you have more fat, is it harder to drain the inflammation out of your system? Or does it's a completely two separate systems in your body? They're separate. It's separate. They're separate. Okay. Another really important factor to think about is that muscle is a metabolically active tissue. Fat is not. Got it to what does that mean? <laughs> well, the more muscle you have, the more calories required for daily activities of living, your basal metabolic rate, right? So the, here's a great example. If I'm standing next to another woman who is the exact same height and the exact same weight as me, pound for pound on a scale, we weigh exactly the same and we're dead even in height. You would think if we had the exact same activity levels, that we would need the same amount of calories. But if you then looked deeper into our basal metabolic rate, which is the rate at which your metabolism uses, is needs calories throughout the day, the individual with more muscle is gonna have a greater metabolic weight or greater metabolic activity. And that person can have more calories. So these two people who are exactly the same, pound for pound, one may have a caloric need in a day of 1300 calories. The other may have a caloric need in a day of 1700 calories. Who's gonna last the... on a workout? Who's gonna be stronger on a workout? Uh, the person with more muscle, which is the person with the greater metabolic rate because they're, they're more metabolically trained, right? Now, but also muscle is active. So the more muscle you have, this is why historically why men have greater caloric intakes and needs than women, the more muscle you have, the more you get to and or need to eat, right? So if you take someone who doesn't have a lot of muscle, they have a lower caloric need than somebody who does. So it's also really helpful to know how much muscle you have because it helps us tailor your protein needs and your carbohydrate needs more specifically. So I know somebody who, I know if somebody has lower muscle, they're gonna have a lower metabolic activity, right? So when you read those things, it's like based on a 2000 calorie diet, who, who's that person? Show me that person, right? Because we all have different needs. So that's like a huge random number. But at the end of the day, how much you need to eat to maintain your weight, to lose weight or to gain weight is largely dependent on what your body is made of. Now, what are those things that you should be taking in to give you that healthy body fat and that healthy body muscle are we well i mean that's essentially fitness meeting diet right that's like so if you if someone goes and loses a ton of weight by restricting their diet mm -hmm. they potentially could be becoming skinny fat, right? They're just losing weight, but they're not necessarily putting on muscle. Well, let's use that for an example. Somebody went and needed, and then just like, you know, New Year's resolutions, you, we know those happen. Somebody went and did a 30 day crazy 
cleanse, maybe diet, super low calorie. Now they're super skinny, but they're skinny fat. Now they're like, okay, I got to where I want. Now I got to build that muscle. What do you say to that person to gain those? I'm going to throw a number. I'm making it up. I don't know these things. 10 pounds, right? In a healthy way. Well, yeah. I mean, that person, I'm going to say, all right, let's A, add in some fitness, right? And that doesn't mean like marathon training. It means like building some muscle. And it's going to be putting in enough food to maintain metabolic activity and to help them build healthy muscle. But here's the where it gets a little confusing. So in the example that you just used by somebody who goes on a cleanse, cuts out all their food and eats less, they lose weight because their body doesn't have calories, but they slow their metabolism because their metabolism starts to decrease from not having enough food and also not having engaging muscle and fitness. So it kind of works against you, which is why I'm always saying, you guys have heard me say this a gazillion times, like, no, it's actually not a good idea to go on these crazy fad diets and crash diets where you like lose 20 pounds in a month, because guess what? You're going to put 25 back on when you try and eat normal because all of a sudden, yeah, like you slow the metabolism, you decrease your metabolic activity. Now you go and try and eat like a normal person and you gain even more weight than you had before. This is the way I used to look at it. I used to think like, okay, people that do this, what happens is when you give your body back whatever it's gonna want to hold on to it because you absolutely and your body's probably in like fighting mode and it's like i'm gonna hold on to everything you're giving me in case you starve me again right Mm -hmm. so like we always say there's always a balance and listen i know these things but i like to ask them out loud because i want everybody to understand that you know we get caught in the moment and you get caught in these things and the trends and the fact is that I just learned so much about all these body fat composition and what you need. And these yeah, I mean, the, the bigger picture for anyone listening is that like, you're not supposed to get on a scale and look at your body fat and think, oh, this is like too much body fat. It's not about judgment. It's about empowering you to be able to have a measurement to assess change, right? Like it's how do you know if you should do more cardio or more strength training? How do you know if you need more protein or you need more carbs? How do you know if we can look at your body and your composition and we can make determinants from that? And it, you know, it's so funny because you, you think that somebody who is thinner is always going to have a better body composition or somebody where you can see their muscles has a better body composition not necessarily true it has a lot to do with genetics i always say you gotta look past the skin you gotta look surfaces i always i mean i've done so many body compositions i've done thousands and i've done them on some of the greatest athletes in our country and it is not the athlete who is the skinniest with the most muscles popping out that has the best body composition. That person got the highest cholesterol for all you know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But also they probably don't have as much meta, like as much muscle and therefore the metabolism is lower. So like looks can be deceiving. We all know that to be true. Let that stand true in this conversation. But also if you're somebody who's like, I kind of want to know how much body fat I have and how much, you know, fat mass I have, like, it's interesting information, but I'm going to say to you, what I say to everybody is, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Right. With great power is great responsibility. Like, okay, now, you know, it's not, it's one of the stats I've ever seen it changing on the number on the scale or the thing. It's like, you should do the test if you're interested to like, you know, empower yourself. Like you said, I like that word into being better and healthier Mm -hmm. and 
you know, I, um, I don't talk a lot about my own like weight or diet because I think it's silly to compare, but I, what I will tell everybody on this call, which you agreed, you, you sort of summed up as well on your own experience, the point in my life where I, in the past, in the recent past couple of years where I weighed the absolute most is also the same point where I had the lowest body fat and the highest muscle mass. So just for context, if I were to step on the scale and I was not looking at body fat and muscle, I would have stepped on that scale and said, how is it possible that I'm six pounds heavier than my normal body weight, right? Even though I'm, I'm exercising and I'm eating well, like I don't understand, like I'm six pounds heavier than I normally am. But when you look at the scale of the body fat and muscle mass, like that heaviest weight for my own body in the past X amount of years is the point in which I had the most muscle and the least fat. And if I were only stepping on a scale, I would have never known that. Oh, pretty interesting. All right. So it allows you to use those numbers to improve your own plan. But they're also scary numbers to look at, right? People compare themselves all the time. Like, well, you know, maybe I need to be, I need to be 20% body fat. Maybe I need to be 18. Like you need to not compare yourself to someone else. You need to look at where you are and where you can get better. Yeah. Yeah, comparing yourself with others. I mean, you gave the best example before when you were talking about the two exact women with the exact same height and the exact same waist standing next to each other. You're still not the same. No. Even if you're the exact same everything, you know. And then you can also look at some, like, look at some athletes. Like, we'll take, like, arguably the two most amazing and successful tennis players ever to grace our, our tennis world. And, 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 yeah. And... Venus could not be. You pull their body composition. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to be, you know, thin and without muscle. They're going to be on the higher side of the weight scale and their muscle is going to be through the roof and their metabolism and their metabolic rate is going to be through the roof. But if you were to just put them on a scale and not pay attention to muscle mass, you could potentially say that the number on the scale was overweight for their height. Yeah. Right? Bullshit. We all know that. Like, yeah. neither one of those women is overweight. No. They are strong as could be. Yeah. But if you were only looking at them on a scale, you would, if you didn't know who you were looking at and you just looked at height and weight, that BMI that they tell you about in the doctor's office is going to come in higher than it, air quote, should be. But what we actually know is you're looking at somebody who's, dominant in in muscle well, and fitness we're gonna wrap it up but this is a problem with the medicine in our country also like they put everybody in in in, a, in like in everybody a, in a box right like i always i i don't know if i've ever used this example but like i had an issue once getting insurance <laughs> because <laughs> i was underweight and i was like but i'm so healthy what do you mean yeah. and then i was like so you're not gonna insure me because i'm underweight and healthy and eating great and exercising and doing all of the things I'm supposed to do. But if I weighed another 25 pounds, you would be okay with that. Which for me, that would be, can you imagine me with 25 more pounds? Like, it, And that's exactly what happens to a lot of people who are 25 pounds over and they're so strong and they're muscular and like they have bigger bones 
And then a doctor would be like, well, you know, you really need to lose weight. And it's like, are you kidding me? Have you seen me? Yeah, because they're using arcade methods to decide exactly. what you should wear. And we are all individuals. We cannot. And if they them. used a body fat percent to muscle mass, yeah. then you would eliminate that. Yeah. And that's why it's such a valuable way to look at your own progress. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, we can keep talking forever, as you know. <laughs> but... This is it. To be amazing. To be continued. Plenty more on the topic. Yes.